Okay, welcome to episode 76 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. This week we're returning, we've got a returning co-host, an individual who has been kicking ass on Kickstarter recently, um, and it's still live at the moment, we'll be talking about that later in the show. Yes, it's Dave Robertson, how you doing dude? Very well Tony, how are you? I'm good man, I'm good. How's um, good, good. Something I've been asking people recently is, how's your comic reading habits been with the lockdown because i know you're still working full-time aren't you but have you read you found you're reading more or less or different or what's been going on uh well i've been reading uh let me think i i read batman strange apparitions okay you know, that steve engelhardt stuff yeah um so i guess i've been doing all right reading wise yeah yeah and you're reading stuff for mm. your podcast as well i'm guessing yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Peter Conrad's one, the okay. 2020 book he did. Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm reading, I'm trying to read a bit more, yeah. Because yeah, I found people, some people have been reading less because it's just like, uh, I'm in the house again, you know. Um, have yeah. you been reading, I take it you've been reading old stuff then rather than new stuff, is that right? Well, uh, no, well, those old Batman comics, I haven't read them before so it's new to me okay it's yeah. actually it's for the uh we do this we do that thing on the comic smell where we deliberately look and pick three or four books of stuff that we've had for ages and we've never read it it's very and wise so, yeah and so we say right we, we commit <laughs> to reading them we've all got them after a pull back <laughs> yeah i've got long boxes so full part... of stuff i haven't read i'm still waiting to read the second half of Aryan lord of atlantis from the 80s you know I'll get round to it one yeah. day. Yeah. Oh, he dies at the end. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah, <Don't> yeah. <laughs> They're all ghosts. Good. Now, you've chosen something that is, I'm going to say, both a comic that you love and also that has, and we'll probably get to this later in the episode, something of a controversial background. Now, what is it you've chosen for us to talk about today, dude? Yeah, well, uh, because, because the Hulk is my favourite superhero, as I mentioned practically every show <laughs> yep it's the incredible hulk issue 312 and the story is called monster yes this is um an origin story of a type isn't it well it's it is an origin story it's just it's just gone about in a different way isn't it almost do you think yeah they're they're, uh, they're adding new detail and layers to the hulk's origin and yeah. what the hulk's all about they are. They really do layer it in, don't they? Yeah. There's a there's a there's yeah. a whole twist to it almost, isn't there? There is. Yeah. Now, um, before we begin on the story, David, I thought I might ask you quickly. You know, you forwarded me a letter that you wrote for Comics International. That's um, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I never twigged on this before, and I checked, and I have I have this issue from many years ago. Um, I had to reread it to remember it a little bit. I'm afraid. Um, but it's it has certain parallels to be made with a certain movie. Is that right? Would you say? Yeah, that that letter that I sent into Comics International was in two thousand and three, when the the Hulk movie was out, the Ang Lee movie. Yeah. And uh, as I said in the letter, I was I was chatting to a pal at the time, and he was saying, "What about that Hulk film? Imagine putting all that stuff in with the father and son and the mental illness and all the rest of it. They're yeah. putting that in it for that would never be in the comic, you know." <laughs> and, and of course, I said, "Well, it was in the comic, you know. It was in Hulk three one two. Yeah, because a lot of the actual lines of dialogue and stuff are in the movie, you know." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I get you. And um. It's a very sort of cerebral issue, this, isn't it? In the same way that people were slightly um, critical of that movie for being a bit too much in the mind of the Hulk as opposed to bashing up the abomination or whatever happened in the next one, you know? Yeah. 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 I like that first movie. It's kind of a... It's a movie, isn't it? It's like before Marvel learned, oh, wait a minute, we don't need to do any of that story stuff and themes and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't do any of that. Let's just have a... Hey! <laughs> it might bear a rewatch. I only watched it once in the cinema um, when I was really hung over once. So I think yeah. I might need to watch it again. It's, um, back to the comics, because the comics are what's matter. We all know that comics are better than movies. Of um, 
Yeah. So this issue, issue 312, is written by Bill Mantlo. Um, art by Mike Mignola and Jerry. We had a conversation about this. Taloke, I'm going to say. Taloke. Um, letters by yep. Jim Novak. Colours by Bob Sharon. Edited by Carl Potts. And editor-in-chief was Jim Shooter, the mighty shooter. Now, the, we're going to talk a little bit about the cover before we begin. But noticeable on the cover is the Secret Wars 2 top right-hand... It almost seems like the corner corner of the page, isn't it? Top right-hand corner is Secret Wars 2 continues in this issue. Um, were you a yeah, Secret Wars Secret 2 Wars fan? Secret Wars 2 tie-in. Yeah, I was, actually. Oh, okay. And, uh, because they uh, ran it in Britain. You could you could buy That's the Secret right. Wars weekly. And I bought all 80 issues. And I've still got them. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and Secret... I mean, yeah, I mean, Secret Wars 2 was a bit of a climb down from the first one <laughs> yeah so secret wars like secret wars one is they go to it's a load of heroes and a load of villains are all taken to a, a planet somewhere and fight each other and this is done by yeah. this character called the beyonder and it's kind of quite tight storytelling isn't it it was kind of designed to sell a toy line in a way um yeah and then secret wars two is the beyonder comes to earth and it's a bit more of a mess isn't it i couldn't actually verbalize really what it was about easily i don't think um, mm. He turned up looking a bit like a sort of white Michael Jackson, didn't he? In a sort of jerry curl, high collared, you know, disco suit. Um, and sort of wanders about meeting different people, doesn't he? That's right, yeah. <laughs> um, it's kind of Jim Shooter's. He likes to do that story, doesn't he? Where there's some really hyper intelligent, powerful person yeah. uh, who, you know, comes along and. If only we all just did what he said, would be all right, you know. I think he's just uh, writing about himself. Really. I think he is. there's a bit of wish fulfillment going on there, isn't there? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so the cover um, we got that we got a lovely corner box, which it looks to me like um, I'm going to say that's a Sal corner box. Are you? It's Sal Pacima, maybe. I'm not sure. Mm. Actually. No, oh, maybe I, not. I'm maybe not, Jerry. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah Jerry. Yeah, Jerry's um, got very strong anchor. Whatever he, he really has, he, yanks, he uh, sort of takes over. He is so very overpowering. To... Yeah, I was about to say exactly that. Yeah, agree. Um, but the main image is by is drawn by um, Mike Mignola, so the pre Hellboy Mike Mignola, um, yep. and inked by. And the, you can tell where the the inks differ from the cover to the interiors because they're, they're um, scratchier uh, inks on this. On the inks on the cover are by Bill Sinkovich. Weirdly, yeah. Um, yeah. I, think I said to you just before we recorded. I, you didn't. I don't think I asked you, but I, I find it a slightly underwhelming cover, almost like a stock image that they may have had. What do you mm. think? I'd never thought of it as being underwhelming, to be honest. Right. I, um, I mean, it's it's the bomb going off, isn't it? And the whole yeah, I've just realised that. Uh, so it is the origin, so isn't it? So I guess it. Yeah, that's right. And. Uh, so I don't know. He kind of—I hate to say it because I don't want to make fun of the cover, but he kind of looks like he's—he could have a guitar, you know. You could <laughs> That's put a true, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's in the middle of a solo there, isn't he? Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. The power slide I solo. I like the cover. You know, I was first introduced to the cover when I was, um, you know, I, I got this when it came out, so I was like eleven yeah. or twelve or something. Okay. So it was just like the latest Hulk comic, you know. I didn't know what the hell it was yeah. for one. Yeah, but, we weren't as tied into it back then. Oh, we were just like looking for that next cover, weren't we? A lot of the time. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of worse covers. It's just, uh, yeah, I think because in my head I sort of build it up to be this groundbreaking issue, and and I was expecting something that, but yeah, it does tell a story. It is an origin cover in a way, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention on the cover is it's approved by the Comics Code, which mm -hmm. I found surprising because it does deal with sort of quite adult themes, doesn't it? Um, yeah. There's so um, now, now that you've said that, I can't see the code. Oh, I've got it on the. I'm reading it on the the app. I do have the comic in a long box, but I'm reading it on the Marvel app. But um, maybe I'm looking right at it. But it's right know, underneath never... the. On my version, it's right underneath. Well, I've got the American cover because it's the Marvel app, but it's right underneath uh -huh. the corner box, um, just to the right of sixty-five no, cents. It's not there on my cover, which I've never ever noticed before. Oh wow! Well, that is interesting. We should find out yeah. about that, shouldn't we? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe that's right. Maybe it's been added. Maybe it does go. look in Good a strange point. place. It's not quite the Comics Code Authority badge you normally see. Mm. Okay, interesting. Just, something's gone on there. Yeah, yeah. 
Did you want to give us a little summary of what it's about, Dave? Just a, uh, a pen picture well, for, as we go through it. Yeah, uh, well, I'll just uh, briefly run through it then. So okay. it, start, it starts with um, Brian, isn't it? Brian, Brian Banner. Banner. Yeah. Brian Banner, and uh, his wife's given birth, uh, and then uh, the striking image of, of the baby being born, the Hulk's in the background. Yeah. Stanley presents Monster. Uh, so we're getting into this idea. Uh, and all the way through, the baby's there, baby Bruce Banner, and the, the shadow, the green kind of shadow of the Hulk is over the figure all the way through. Yeah, it's very subtle, that, isn't it? It's um, Yeah. It's almost like just the odd line. A couple of times it caught me It caught me unawares. So it was like, I was thinking, what's that line? Oh, it's the Hulk. So when yeah. you've got the kid laying in the crib, it's not immediately noticeable what it is. It's got sort of laid over quite subtly. Um, That's right. Yeah. There is a splash page. We do get a title page, don't we? Which is unusual in itself as well because it's um, it's almost like another cover, isn't it? A title yeah. page. And it's a great image, that one. It is. It is a lovely image, monster. yeah. So you've got a sort of side-scrolling monster and um, mm -hmm. a, a dead-eyed Hulk above it. You know, it's, it's not the Hulk, Hulk, is it? Yeah. Sort of a Hulk demon almost, isn't it? You know, to say. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, and, and, and Look, the classic. So Sorry, man. No, they're putting that idea into it. Um, the, the Hulk's already in the, in the baby right away. Yeah. That, that's kind of what I'm taking from that. Yeah. And that's a, that's an idea they do develop, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Because um, Brian Banner has been dealing with... He's been working with radiation. Also, he's, he's got a real temper. He's abusive. He, 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 hits, he hits the... Um, the baby and the mother, his wife. Yeah. So, so we're we're seeing his sad childhood of Bruce. Yeah, an abusive and childhood, and that's yeah quite hard hitting, isn't it? There is there's like serious abuse going on in the family. There is, yeah. I mean, really, the story is the idea has been that the child abuse that Bruce had has fed into the the Hulk. Yeah, um, the anger. So, yeah. when, so when he became the Hulk. It was the releasing something that was already in him all the time, kind of thing. That's the that's the that's the sort idea. of overlaying premise, isn't it? Yeah, that that's yeah. how they rework the origin. So the Hulk doesn't begin on the day of the explosion, or we do see that in a minute. But it's it's always been present. It's a it's almost like a force of nature, a force of emotion, a force. You know, it's a it's a it, there's a magical, mystical construct almost to it. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's very much again what they picked up on and used in that. Ang Lee movie, right? Okay, that yeah. was that was full of that. Get you, yeah. Quick moment, uh, quick moment on Brian Banner. He first appeared in Incredible Hulk two six seven in nineteen eighty two and was created by Bill Mantlo and Sal Buscema. He was just a cameo. Um, his first full appearance was in this issue in October nineteen eighty five when it appeared. Um, Bruce eventually, outside of this issue, kills his father, um, but he continues to haunt him. Um, he even in he even encounters him in hell when the Hulk travels to hell. Um, later in um, Immortal Hulk, have you been reading Immortal Hulk? No, I haven't. I'm afraid it's very good, actually. I've yeah, it's I've heard good things. Yeah, it's like um like a horror Hulk comic. It's hard to explain. Yeah, yeah. um, which and it's due to end. I think it ends at like issue fifty. I think they're only doing fifty issues with it, but but it's interesting. Um, and he late um in Immortal Hulk, he possesses the Sasquatch, so he becomes like a an evil Sasquatch character, the Sasquatch from Alpha Flight. Which is applicable, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, in, while we talk about this. Um, in the Ang, Ang Lee movie, interestingly, um, his father wasn't called Brian; he was called David. <laughs> in in a yeah. in an homage to the TV series, which is a little bit confusing in itself. Yeah, that confused it all the more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he's <laughs> currently made 33 comic book appearances. There you go. That's Brian. He's um, classic David Niven-esque, mustachioed villain, isn't he? He's sort of that. Um, angry all yes. the time i mean there's i mean he's he's i mean he's actually he literally accuses his wife of being selfish um yep um and then he's just not bothered about the kid it's kind of where it's going isn't it um yeah while he's in outside the ward he's he's raging at one of the doctors and he says lord why didn't i remember to bring a bottle with me nice <laughs> 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 thought balloons eh how we miss them yeah um, sorry, mate. Yeah, go on. So the kid's got back and is is in the in the uh, 
in the in the home again and there's um they litter in sort of symbols don't they in this yeah the different different aspects of his um personality yeah is that what you mean there's I like mean, a the, little... the star and the um yeah that's right yeah and the sort of little elf creature thing yeah i think they uh they made more of that later uh, like immediately after this right there's a storyline where the hulk got uh, he got banished to the crossroads. He was in the different dimension. Right. And whenever he was sat there, he was with uh, he was with that star thing and the and the elf. That's and right. Someone else. There was someone else's. I think there was three of them. And he would right. sit and they'd be talking to him. Um, so I guess they're kind of setting that up here as well. Yeah. I have to say, knowing uh, Mignola as we do now, some of his mm. characters seem a little bit Victoriana to me. Um, if you look at um, the page where the kid's in the in is laying down you, with its dummy and its rattle, if you go to the bottom of the page as um, as he's dressing to go out, that could be that could be a scene from sort of Victorian England or Hound of the Baskervilles or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, it really could. Yeah, <laughs> classics illustrated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Would be able to place in some of those books. Yeah, yeah. And you've got the sort of the the outline of the nanny who he's called Mrs. Nurse Meacham has come in to sit with uh, sit with Bruce while they're going out, and she's mm-hmm. she's done in silhouette, isn't she? In that sort of classic. That's right. She could even have a bustle on the back of that dress. It's sort of yeah, maybe a saloon yeah. kind of you know western saloon kind of character. But yeah, okay. So yeah, sorry, interrupt you, mate. Yeah. So what what happens then? Yeah, so uh, I'm kind of glossing over the uh, the business with, with the that that's what it was that blue demon thing that was the third one of the group yes. that's in his mind yeah yeah he, he's scary but I think ultimately all three of them are on Bruce's side okay just uh, just the, the the blue demon is frightening right so um, a couple of people that's... morph into this blue demon character which you don't know whether it's Bruce's imagination or something else is going on, isn't it, as the story goes on? Yeah, that's right. I guess it's all just his multiple personalities or or different ways he's looking at the world, you know? Yeah, I do like the look of that demon. I think it's well imagined. It's well drawn. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it is. Yeah, cool. So then then it goes to Christmas and uh, Bruce is down at the tree and oh, he's opened up the the present that he got uh, before he should have because it was Christmas Eve still. And because he's a scientific genius, he makes a <laughs> massive, like, Meccano uh, thing. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's really great at it, so that's brilliant. But then um, Dad gets up and, what have you done, you know? And he's furious. Yeah. And, you know, it's terrible. He kicks the whole thing over that, that Bruce made and he shouts... I should have died years ago. This is Brian. Yeah. So you know, it's all self-hatred. It's yeah. There's terrible. Um, there's a PTSD, isn't there? There's a self-destructive element to him. There really is, isn't there? He's a he's a man with literal demons, but otherwise he's got many demons as well, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. He's he's a disaster, and he's calling his son a thing. That thing isn't our son, and of course. She's not happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. So then he slaps her, you know. Yeah. Terrible. I, I remember thinking at the time, it's come back to me when I read it before, thinking, wow, you know, this is quite something. You know, I was used yeah, to, you know, the Hulk fighting a different monster every week. And uh, this is really different, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It really is. And uh, little baby Bruce, he's so upset, he shouts, Mommy. But then Brian slaps him, and I must say it's slightly too much of a kind of superhero fight. What? <laughs> yes, isn't it? Yeah. But Brian, he's 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 hitting him, and and Bruce is flying back like he's, you know, in the middle of a fight with the Avengers or something. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, it's a bit. Old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit. It's a bit melodramatic, and you're right. It's, it, he's almost flying through the air, and yeah, it's like something yeah. out of. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, should we talk a little bit about the art at this point? So it is Mike Mignola on pencils. Yeah. Um, who, 
would be to anyone who reads anything by Magnola these days probably a little bit unrecognisable in his style, isn't he? I think it's not it's not the man we recognise as Magnola. Um, yeah, he did. He, he changed um, a lot when Hellboy came out. He really did, didn't he? Yeah, much. And, and now that's what we recognise him for. Yeah. But this was the first time I, I saw him. He, he drew the Hulk for quite a bit. Right. Okay. I think I saw him first on Ink. So, um, in fact, I own a page of this. Is he drew an an issue of he inked an issue of Master of Kung Fu. Um, ah. Yeah, it's okay. one of his first bits of work, which I yeah I've got on the wall on the wall in front of me. Um, nice. Yeah, but um, I think that Jerry Talawak is overpowering in the same way that sort of Ernie Chan used to overpower Busima and stuff. I think the inking yep. is a real there's a real personality to the inker here. I think. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I'm quite forgiven of that, I think. Yeah, me now too. That I'm thinking about it. I've never really thought about it, but Tom Palmer was like that as well. Yeah, good shout. Kyle Baker, when he was inking. Yeah. Everyone, like, he'd done it with a, a loose brush kind of thing. Terry Austin, he really tightened burn-up, didn't he, whenever he was on him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think... So, I feel like that should annoy me more than it does... I kind of like the quality of the line on it, actually. I like the, um, yeah. the feathering and the mm-hmm. the heavy inking in the background on that on that FWAC page. I quite like that. Yeah. And there are there yeah. are some panels that are like, let's face it, missing quite a lot of backgrounds. <laughs> but uh, yeah. there's some that aren't. I mean that 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 image of him building that contraption out of Meccano is pretty impressive. Yeah. You know, for a, yeah, it's good for an '80s comic. Yeah. A little bit about Jerry. So he's a Filipino artist now lives in the U.S. He was recruited in 1971 along with Alfredo Alcala. Listen to this name, these names. Alfredo Alcala, Nestor Redondo, Ernie Chan and Alex Nino. Um, he was recruited by Joe Orlando and Carmine Infantino. They'd seen Tony DeZanigo and uh, really dug what he was doing and wanted some more. Um, his mm. first... I mean, all those all those guys. I, I, I've got an Ernie Chan page in front of me as well. I, I absolutely... I think they were just brilliant. To me, they were... Yeah many of them the saviors of the bronze age some of the stuff they did were doing in the 70s and 80s which is incredible stuff um first u.s work was in house of mystery 205 in 1972 he worked loads at dc comics they worked on ghosts house of mystery star spangled war stories the unexpected weird war tales i wasn't a big horror comic or war comic collector as a kid or reader as a kid but it's something i've come to appreciate much more recently um and he drew an, an absolute kick-ass Unknown Soldier, which um, I bought in one of those um, showcase books, you know, like the DC's version of the Essentials. Um, yeah. Looks really, really good. In 1984, he moved to Marvel Comics, and he worked, as we as we know, on The Incredible Hulk. He also worked on Alpha Flight, um, and we'll talk about how that came to happen in a minute. And he also worked on a comic called Comet Man. Do you remember that? Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, I'm um, thinking, wasn't there a... Funnily enough, wasn't there a Kyle Baker cover on one of them? Oh, was there? Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe the maybe and She-Hulk was She-Hulk in that. Comet oh, Man. It's buried in a long box she- somewhere here, but I remember distinctly the covers, yeah. and I've got a feeling there might have been some Sinkevich covers going on as well. Mm. On that, yeah. But yeah. um, I don't. I never read that, but I remember seeing. Yeah, for yeah. The covers are sticking in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was um. You know, he was a workhorse, wasn't he, Jerry? He he had a, a lovely quality of line, um, and he clearly knew what he was doing. And kids look like kids in this comic, and adults look like adults. And there's a nice bit of action That's later true. on, yeah. And some of the Secret Wars stuff, which we'll get to in a minute at the end, is is really really detailed, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, man. So we got to the point where he was he'd slapped his kid, and he'd slapped his missus, and he he looks to his kid with tears in his eyes and he says or sweat on his face and he says he's something different inhuman my son the monster so at that point he calls his kid a monster so the foreshadowing yeah pretty pretty powerful That's, stuff uh, that is and and the shocked look on bruce's face and the green hulk shadow is there looking yeah. furious about it all as well yeah all made worse by the so, fact it's christmas yeah, ruining Christmas as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. And then we fast forward a few years, don't we? Yeah, we get past Christmas, and now Bruce is at, uh, well, he's at high school now, isn't he? And he's doing his scientific work, and yeah, 
he's doing great with that, and it's terrific. But then there's a, a naughty guy in the class, as always. Yeah. And he's spiking Bruce's experiment. <laughs> so we know there's going to be a bit of an explosion when we turn the page. Yeah. And, yep, there we go. It's all fizzing and pop, bang. Yeah. Banner, is this your idea of a joke? Banner gets the blame for it by uh, from a teacher that looks like he's straight out of a western. I was about to say that. Yeah, he looks. He definitely <laughs> looks like he's the. He's been called in as the undertaker to drag the bodies away that are shot in you know high noon or something, doesn't he? Yeah. Down to the. But he's. Uh, Go on. No, the. Uh, the, the way everyone's standing, the way Magnolia's got everybody standing, it's all legs akimbo, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, just about every character, they're all very supple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty impressive. And, and there, he, there he is on the floor uh, again. He's, he's Banner's completely dumb trodden. And, and he's, you know, his face is covered in suit, his shirt's ripped, and and there's the Hulk crying, uh, the shadow. That's the trouble with eggheads, he says. You never know when they'll crack. Oh, boy. <laughs> so that sets up, you know, when is he going to crack? Yeah, it's all it's all heavy on his shoulders, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. And it only gets worse in the next page because he, he goes to the... Turn, oh, turns oh, out his yeah. father has killed his mother, isn't it? That's the thing we've kind of jumped over a bit here. We? we don't we don't see that. Um. It's oh, it's just it's sort of alluded to, it's spoken about. Yeah, yeah. And Rebecca, is she rest in peace? Yeah, and noticeably, unlike all all of the other, um, all the other stones in every graveyard in the world, doesn't have any dates on it because they didn't want to date it, which is <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and these, uh, his dad has turned up at the grave. He's turned up to almost pay his respects, and he's conned his way out of prison out of the mental hospital um, by claiming his, his insanity has been cured. Um, and and they have a fight, don't they? They actually, they actually have, an, yeah, a, have, they a, have actually a fight at, at, the, the, uh, at the graveyard. Yeah, yeah. Right, Brian doing high-flying kicks <laughs> yeah. to Bruce. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bit over the top. I was wondering, because this is a comic where the Hulk doesn't appear for over half the book. I was thinking, do you yeah. think there was some kind of mandate at Marvel where you have to have a fight every five pages or something? So, they, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah. Jim Shooter, one of his uh, edicts. Yeah, we need somebody bashed up mm. every few pages. Yeah, and um, there's a creepy element to this. It, I, I'm not sure whether they know in the art whether it's night or day. I'm not actually sure. I've made my mind up. Um, oh yeah, it's a strange colour palette. Yeah. Um. I'm guessing day, but there's a there's a nighttime feel about it somehow. Um, yeah, I'd never. You know, there's so many things about this comic that because I read it so young yeah. and read it so many times, there's certain things I've just never even thought about. I just accepted them as a kid. Yeah, me too, man. And, and yeah. so, so you're you're bringing up uh, interesting points that I'd never considered. Is it day or night? I don't know. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? It's a strange one. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's just our preconceptions that you should only be in graveyards at night or something. You know, it's a, mm. and it's the sky is a strange dark. Well, it's not a dark blue, but there's a there's a there's a darkness hanging over them, isn't there, with the the trees and stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And during the fight, his father accuses him of, now accuses after calling him an inhuman uh, and a monster. He now accuses him of being a mutant. You're a mutant. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm not oh, certain no. where that came from or why they did it. It's a strange inclusion into the story just tying it in with the, the wider marvel universe there yeah they seem to be don't they yeah 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 and um bruce is sort of left there by his father as he leaves and he mm. pulls from his pocket the star-shaped i don't know what you call it this little star that he had over his crib as a kid a mobile yeah. mobile i suppose and leaves it on on the um on the grave but it's glowing it's glowing yeah any thoughts oh. why well i was never sure if it really was glowing or if it was just that was for the story purpose you know it was yeah. an important thing that he was leaving behind to there yeah the little mobile toy decoration whatever it is yeah there we go 
you know, they're, they're trying to put um, significance into this comic. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's pretty ham-fisted all the way through. But it's still notable for when it came out. Um, there was no other comics trying something like this. Yeah, I, and I think you're right to use the phrase trying. To me, yeah. it, it is trying. It's trying a lot of things all at once. Some succeed yeah. and some don't, I think. It's a bit, in a way, like, you know, Tony Stark and his old alcohol addiction issue. Yeah. Where he's... Uh, so so they're putting in very serious things and you're getting it in the context of yeah. a superhero story. Yeah, I agree completely, mate, yeah. yeah. Like for instance, um, not to spend too much time on it, but when I think of the Iron Man story, I thought it was very powerful when I read it. And then I, I went back and read it. And, you know, his entire torturous getting sober, it all happens over one page. It's like <laughs> yeah. three... Three or four drawings of him freaking out, wanting the beer, and then the next page, there he is. He's shaved again. He's yeah. got his nice, he's got his nice iron shirt on. He's he's back, you know. But that was kind of comics back then. I remember the Cree skull, war, the Cree scroll war. Everyone going on, oh, what an amazing epic that was. It's only about three issues. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's it's short, it's snappy. Yeah, yeah, which was comics back then, wasn't it? And they fit an awful lot into this. Whether successful yeah. or, or not, a lot of it is successful, I think, and it looks great. There's a couple of pages I absolutely love in this. Um, yeah, I, this is one of my. I mean, if I have to say, what's your favourite Hulk comics? This is one of them for wow, me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 See, the, it's unique. The thing is, the Hulk can be so many things, man. I think that the Hulk mm-hmm. in his time, he's been, you know, a, a radioactive monster. He's been a gangster. He's been on another planet fighting it, fighting in the pits against other monsters. Uh, he, currently, he's a horror comic. He can be a member of the Avengers. He can be a member of the Defenders. You know, he can um, be a clever Hulk. He can be a stupid Hulk. There's so many different ways that you can play him, aren't there, really? Yeah, there is. And maybe that's because there's so little there in the first place. Yeah. You know, he just... Uh, he just gets angry and then turns green and smashes everything up so it's like what do you what do you want to fit onto that what kind of story do you want to do yeah that's interesting you know isn't I, it? I i always thought bill mantlo even as a kid i i thought he'd really overwrote everything you know right and i and i used to think he did it i made up the reason he did it was that he was embarrassed to be writing the hulk right you know he was right his main character went hulk smash you know, Hulk is the strongest one there is. Yeah. You know, he's very monosyllabic. But Lem Wein so was I fine was... with it, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve Steve Englehart, I remember, wrote some really good yeah. kind of spiky Hulk dialogue. He used to go around, um, come down, little man, Hulk wants to smash your face, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. He had a bit of an attitude. But I always thought Bill was a bit embarrassed about it all. Okay. Because you, you got loads of captions and they were all full of these poetic uh, things. Yeah, they're a little bit. Meant to be. Yeah, I think it does suffer a little bit from overwriting, I think, occasionally. Maybe not at this one so much. Right, I'm okay. thinking more, more generally, like, he, he always was writing loads of garbage, you know, all around <laughs> the, 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 the uh, events. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Bill. That was that was my take on it as a kid, even. Well, that's time. Let's talk a bit about Bill. So, born um, nineteen fifty-one, the ninth of November. Born in Brooklyn, um, William Timothy Mantlo. He read Superman and Batman comics as a kid and loved the Atlas Monster books. Attended Manhattan's High School of Art and Design and focused on painting and photography. Believe it or not, nineteen seventy-four. He started at Marvel as an assistant to John Verporten. Um His first credits were as a colorist. Believe it or not. Um, his first script was for a Sons of the Tiger story in Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. I'm sure we all dug that. Um, and he created The White Tiger with George Perez. Um, he he himself, and if you listen to any interviews, he talks a lot about being famous as the fill-in guy. So he would fill in issues um, that where it was needed and writers and or artists were late and all this sort of thing. He became a regular writer of two IP characters or two IP series, um, Micronauts and Rom. He wrote 58 issues of Micronauts and 75 issues of ROM, which is pretty good. 
pretty amazing that is and i think they they stand up as well i think those series Do, are you fans of them or i'm i was big into micronauts um although i did confess jump off once mike golden was done okay even not even so um, got, like, pat Bros- first, not uh, even pat broderick you're not digging his stuff or? Nah, i never really uh read that right no i didn't i mean it looks nice yeah but i think i just thought i'll knock it on the head because I, I love the mike golden stuff yeah the first 12 um incredible aren't they yeah rome i did read uh on and off and i liked rom i think rom was in was it in like star wars weekly or something like that or future tense maybe in the uk one of those I was just speaking to somebody else about this and i can't remember where it was but i definitely read rom in marvel uk yeah me too yeah yeah and it was a lot of the some of the sao busima stuff was just super solid wasn't it just great storytelling because yeah, at the time it was the same team on the hulk and on rom right look at sao hey look at that yeah and you got a lot of well, you got some crossovers and things. I think Rick Jones did quite a bit in Rome. He turned up a few times. He did, didn't he? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. Um, he began writing The Incredible Hulk with issue 245, and he did a five-year run on it, which is pretty impressive. Uh, it created the UFOs and the Soviet super soldiers. Um, I remember them as being great characters. UFOs was kind of like the Hulk's twisted version of the Fantastic Four, as I remember. Is that right? Yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. That that story was good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, agree. Yeah. Um... I um, I feel like, well, I'll let you finish. No, go on, man. I'm no, thinking... go on. You go on. Well, I'm thinking about how Bill Mantlo is. Uh... Bill Mantlo used to be around, right? And he did these comics that you liked. Yeah. But they were never like, you never thought they were the best comics going, you know. You just kind of enjoyed them. Yeah. They... But lately, I feel like they're trying to change his um, reputation. You know, he gets right. talked about as the uh, the great, not genius, but like his head was full of ideas. You know, nonstop creativity. You know, it was amazing. And you <laughs> think, was it? You know, that was never what I thought at the time. Yeah. I mean, the UFOs I thought were cool. It was like the evil Fantastic Four. But I never thought, wow, that's amazing. You know, I never. I never thought he was like a creative force of nature of comics. Yeah, I get you. To me, it was just but, solid month in, month out storytelling. So, yeah. Rom and the Hulk and Micronauts. It's every month it was, it, it was never the cosmic, you know, book that you know it was brilliant. It was never the X Men. It for me, it was never like the great issues, but it was just kind of solid. Yeah. It was kind of cool. I mean, Micronauts was good because of well, that's my opinion. Mike Golden. Yeah. I was never. I mean, when you said you wrote fifty-eight issues of Micronauts, there, I think it was fifty-eight. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I thought, wow, he's, I guess he would stick with it that long, you know. If, yeah. I mean, it was a job. So I'm he guessing he jumped off up. when it became the New Voyages, didn't it, of the Micronauts? I think it went to that, yeah, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. And yeah, interestingly, that's another thing I wondered about with this comic: is the microverse is mentioned towards the end, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, which is surprising because it's obviously not Marvel's IP anymore. Um, but certain things were related to the toy line, and certain things were created for the comic. So I think Bug—that's right—Bug was created for the comic, which is why he got used in um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I think about four or five years ago. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's Bell. He also, yeah, he also created Cloak and Dagger. Um, Superhero Contest of Champions. Did you ever read that? That was amazing. Do you know I, I've always wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got this. I've still got the same longing to read that that I've had since I was about fourteen, and I've never got a hold of it. Okay, I just remember so it. A little... Captain Britain's in it, which is kind of one yeah. of the main reasons I went for it. But it's just it's yeah. a fairly basic story, and it's uh, but it's kind of one of the first miniseries which made it cool at the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, in the 80s, believe it or not, he'd retrained as a lawyer, <laughs> Bill Mantlo, yeah. And he worked uh, a portion of his time as a public defender um, and worked very little in comics elsewhere than Marvel. In 1992, he was sadly hit by a car whilst out rollerblading and, he, and has needed um, medical care since. The, the driver of the car has never been found. So there you go. Um, yeah. Quite a story. Sad story. I know people raise raise money for him, don't they? Or have done. Um, yeah, cool. Yes. 
So we've just got to the point now where we're going to fast forward to um, him arriving at the Gamma base, isn't it? Is it still called a Gamma base in this? I can't remember. Um, uh, or, or Desert Base or yeah. something like which is uh, We're catching up with the actual Hulk issue one now. Yeah. yeah, which is where we all know he becomes the Hulk. But I have to say, this is why I, I giggled at this a bit, because they've made a big play on the Hulk being this... Sorry, that Bruce being this quiet guy... This shy guy, they've even said at one point that he never speaks to any of his fellow students. But as soon as he meets Betty Ross, he starts throwing a few lines into her, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a smooth operator, eh? And he just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, what happens then, dude? Did you want to describe what happens then? Yeah, well, as you said, he meets Betty, and uh, as it goes, they both immediately love each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like happens in real life you know yeah and uh, she and he's um explaining about you know uh you know his mum and, and he's, he's he's still got that toy he's still got his little yeah. doll which she immediately and, sees uh, doesn't she she goes oh something going on here with this doll <laughs> and uh yeah and then and then old thunderbolt comes in you know blast it man you know he's the same character we always know you know he's got no time for this milk sop <laughs> he hasn't he yeah yeah exactly <laughs> he's um he says and he adds to it he says i knew your father he's a real man and, he, and bruce is infuriated by this you know he was a murderer yeah and he so kind it's of get, it's getting really heated he kind of makes an excuse thunderbolt makes an excuse that well perhaps he was too dedicated to his work might have made him unstable. Oh. So he kind of blames the fact that he's killed his mother. He's only just met the dude. He's killed his mother, and yeah. he's sort of just saying, no, it's probably because he was a bit stressed at work, mate. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the, yeah, it, the it, national defence for killing your wife, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's probably hitting on all manner of uh, real-life issues that, well, it's trying to, and it, and it is. Yeah. And it probably gets more relevant every day. And he becomes one of the blue beasts, doesn't he? He transmutes, transmutes into the, in, in Bruce's yes. eyes, into this sort of demon character as well. Yeah, he even he even snaps the arm off of the uh, the elf. I keep saying it's an elf toy because of yeah, okay, yeah. Right, it's an elf. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, now the Thunderbolt Ross is the blue demon, and um, the the Hulk shadow is furious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then Betty is. Soothing the beast within, you know. She's got that little that star is. mobile thing yes. behind her, isn't she? Again, yeah, yeah. Yes, does. It's almost like a video game element to this before video games are, because your true self is visualised on the page oh. above you, isn't it? it? Almost like avatars. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd never thought of that. Yeah, that's true. Very clever. And then we get on to the famous. We're going to be testing the gamma bomb. Yeah, <laughs> this is the stuff, man. This is the stuff. I I, I love the original uh, Hulk comics yeah. of Jack Kirby and Stan. You know, I love it. I love the storyline yeah. totally. Yeah. So they're in that bunker, and there's Rick. Good lord, it's a teenager. You know, he's he's driving on there. It's brilliant. I love the fact that Rick Jones fucks up everyone's life and probably just through his actions of selfishness kills millions of people because the Hulk Lake is created and later kills people um, by driving his um, sort of sporty car onto the onto the base in his um, hipster tartan jacket you know um, yep. in order playing his harmonica in order to play well. the harmonica yeah is it really yep. worth it Rick what you've done yeah what a juvenile delinquent <laughs> yes I get a juvenile delinquent as seen through the eyes of 1965 yeah, it's like that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Stan right in the, the, the teen lingo. Those crazy kids. What you, yeah. Yeah, what are you trying to do? Make the gang think I'm chicken? <laughs> yeah. These are important things. Yeah. Um, and then the bomb goes off. Yep. And we get that lovely single image, probably my favourite page of it, um, A Monster. You know, he's finally the Hulk. He's got the old purple trousers on the go. Um it, there's nothing. I find the, the the payoff to the story where the Hulk is finally released. Yeah, is excellent. Yeah, I, I think th- those final two pages where the the blast is hitting him, and he's screaming, and so is the shadow is still there screaming. Yeah, and he grows into the shadow, and then as you said, 
it says a monster. Maybe yeah. he's, not, he's the Hulk now. I think it's great. But of course, that isn't the last page. This is an extra, an extra long issue, isn't it? Um, yes. So this is surprising to me. This is twenty-seven pages. This twenty-seven pages of comic. Um, you know, it would have been so powerful if it had ended on that page. Uh, a monster. Totally. Yeah. Totally. But the, but no, Secret Wars Two is happening. <laughs> so we need to. You know, it's so crude the way it's done. You know, he becomes more than man, a monster. There he is, and they've stuck this little caption at the bottom. But that was then. Oh no! Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Just leave it. Yeah. That was then. Then you turn the page and here we are now. Yeah, it comes into some. It becomes some uh, Ditko esque landscape, doesn't it? Suddenly. Um, it's so obviously tacked on. It's a it's a yeah. powerful story, and they've just tacked on this cosmic Secret Wars two bullshit at the end. <laughs> really? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't like yeah. it, but it's ruined the whole yeah tone of this comic. If you go um, to the page, the first page where we see the Beyonder in he's he's sort of drawn all in white as if he's sort of ghostly. Um, yeah. And you go down a bit. You're on yeah. the right hand side in the middle, the middle set of panels. You've got red images of other characters. Um, yes. That's the worst drawing of um, Wolverine. The mask isn't like that. It barely registers as being Wolverine, does it? Yeah. It's got feathered. It's feathered. It, it, it kind of a combination of Wolverine and like um, Snow. Is it Snowbird, the character from Alpha Flight? Yeah. It's a w- really strange. Uh, wow. Yeah. And you've got the, the Avengers as they were at the time with, you know, Black Knight and Hercules and that sort of thing, which I kind of I kind of dug that little period of the Avengers, but it's very reminiscent of this. And um, mm. and then the Beyonder goes for a wander through the the different realms of the Marvel Universe, doesn't he? Um, yep. Yeah, he does. He visits Asgard. He visits the Stygian domain of demonic Mephisto. The the weirdly organic planetary structures of the microverse, which is where the micronauts are from, um, the dark dimension, um, oh yeah, the crossroads, the nexus of realities, which is the man thing thing, isn't it? The nexus of realities. Um, oh, is that from man thing? I just know it from being in the Hulk. Yeah, I think it's a man thing thing. Isn't isn't that how he? Tra- he ha- ah, see. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I never knew. That. And we get, you know, that's that's another aspect of. I mean, Bill Mantlo. I know that from the Hulk comic. Right. So Bill Mantlo, and again, I've learned he's using that, and it was in Man Thing. So that's that Steve Gerber thing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, Bill again. He's like, you know, does he does he make up things or does he just use well? Never had this. You know, it's probably time to talk about the uh, the elephant in the room, isn't it? I suppose. I know we were keen not to dwell on this, so but I think it's. I think we we are due. Um, the, ser- the service to the people listening to mention it, I think, dude. So yes, I think so. Yeah. If you don't mind, I'll explain it. So this is this has come from um, something Jim Shooter wrote. So other people may have other opinions <laughs> about how it happened. Um, but um, Barry Windsor Smith had come into him with a pen- whole pencil pencil graphic novel, and it was this story in a way, or Barry Windsor Smith's version of it. And Shooter absolutely loved it, and he offered him a contract on the spot. But Barry Windsor Smith said he would only sign the contract when he had finished the story. Um, and as it's as the story, the legend of the story goes, photocopies were made of it and put in a drawer in the Marvel offices. And the, the allegation is that Al Milgram came in, and he's the one who made photocopies of them, and Mantlo managed to see the copies and used heavily homaged stroke stole the uh that's the rumor um stole this story for his issue of the hulk so what was going to be this grand barry windsor smith and we we know at the time barry windsor smith was firing on all cylinders wasn't he um across across marvel at the time ever since his sort of beautiful conan work through through his x-men work and all that sort of thing um and this was taken from him now the is that is that how you understand it dave was it well, that's interesting. That that's Jim Shooter's take on it. Yeah. I've only ever read Barry Windsor Smith's take on it. Oh, okay. Which is slightly different, right? He he. I mean, it's essentially the same. He took the story in and told them, "This is going to be about child abuse. It's going to be heavy." He said that the sticking point was, "I'm not 
in this story, I'm not going to have people saying "gosh darn it" and stuff, you know. Yeah. As as the dad is is hitting Bruce's mother in front of him, in front of him, he's not going to be saying "gosh darn it." Yeah, it's going to be "god damn," it's going to be "bitch," it's going to be "hell." Uh, yeah. All that, but they just wouldn't agree to that, you know, because it was a Hulk comic. Okay. So so he took from that. Well, if you're not going to do it, you know, that's it then, you know, and left it at that. Yeah. And then he said he he didn't know. Um, he, he actually read some, I think it was maybe a Peter David book and he, and the Peter David had did a dedication in it saying, you know, dedicated to Stan Lee, Jack Kirby and Bill Mantlo. And Barry Windsor Smith sort of read that and went, Bill Mantlo, <laughs> all right, you know. <laughs> and, and then um, uh, mentioned to somebody else about this, because um, he thought, well, I'll do it then. If they don't want it, I'll do it Yeah. Uh, myself. And uh, and then he mentioned it to somebody else, and then this person went, "Oh, like uh, Bill Mantlo's Hulk story, right?" And and he said this was like the mid nineties. By this point, this was the first he'd heard that they had right. went and done this okay. story anyway. Um, but the uh, the article I read, I mean, this must have been about twenty years ago now when I was reading about. Well, well yeah, because it's when I sent that letter in. Yeah. Um. So yeah, two thousand and three. And uh, he was working on on that comic, uh, which is just about ready to be finished. But he, but in the article it said uh, we we contacted Jim Shooter, but he was not available for comment. You know, right? Okay. Cause so he's just kind of hanging over the story. But I read it. Uh, I read a couple of blogs that repeated this story that allegedly Jim Shooter told, and um, one of them said specifically said people doubted Shooter's story. Um, mm-hmm. And there was speculation that he became tired of Barry Windsor Smith not finishing the story and handing it off to Bill Mantlo. So that's another another avenue that, of possibility, yeah. you know. Um, that's that's not in Barry Windsor Smith's uh, <laughs> take on it. Right. He he actually says, you know, he he kind of wrote it and it was like thirty pages, but then he he deliberately said to them, look, I don't want this made to be like Hulk special edition, special issue. I just want it to be a regular issue of the Hulk. Somebody picks up, reads it, and it'll have the impact that way. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't want it built up into a big thing. Okay. Uh, uh, so he said he cut, He actually wrote it, cut it down to 22 pages from 30. Right. Uh, and, then, and then once that was... Um, once that was out the window, well, now it's going to come out and it's like a three hundred page. Yeah, hand of course, that's the the next the next chapter of this story is the lo- the long rumored book monster has um, got um, stuck on Amazon. Suddenly appeared on Amazon as available for pre order, and we all rushed to pre order it. And it was meant to be out, I think, last month, and it's been pushed back three times. Um, it was pushed back to like mid April now I think it's only been pushed back it's like the 29th of April or something like that I think the last email I got from Amazon said so it's only next month it's out and I uh-huh. think I genuinely think it's going to be one of the books of this year when it comes out it can't, oh, can't be anything like but so. you know um, it'll be really in- I mean you must be really interested to see it I know you're both a big fan of the Hulk and also a big fan of Fantagraphics so yeah well, it's funny because in that article I read, it's, uh, it says um, uh, Bill Mantle working on this book, Monster. Sli- uh, it'll be out sometime. It doesn't say when. Right. But it's slated to be coming out from Vertigo oh. when, it's, when, it's, when it's ready. Interesting. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't say in the article, uh, Monster will be out in 18 years uh, from <laughs> Fantagraphics. They don't go into that detail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? How we miss Vertigo? Eh? I was only thinking this today. You know the um, the, the images and pages that they put out right. to publicise the book coming out. It's the exact same pages that are in this article from twenty years ago. Oh, well, so they? I mean, he has been working on this thing for decades. Yeah, I mean, the detail in it is quite amazing. Oh, okay, I suppose you in the middle yeah. of it, he off, went off and did stuff like Rune and all that sort of thing, didn't he? Yeah, he'll be doing other stuff to yeah. make money. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, I'm excited so, yeah. by it. I can't wait to see it. I'm really, really pleased. As I, the amount of people I have conversations with it saying stuff like, oh, right, when's, uh, have you seen it's been pushed back again? You know, I was, literally, Adam and I were chatting about it outside his house on the pavement last night. 
when I was chatting to him, I dropped, dropped a load of our comics off for him. Um, yeah, can't wait for it. And then, of course, the other little, the other little um, extra bit in the story is, so Bill Mantlow's dropped this. And it, even if we completely ignore the perhaps dodgy origin story for this, Bill Mantlow drops it, and then what? Two or three issues later, he's off the book, and he's swapped with um, John Byrne, isn't he? And John Byrne has taken over the Hulk comic. I think did John Byrne want the swap, as I understand it, didn't he? He wanted to swap Alpha Flight for the Hulk. Um, so the the creative teams just moved over to Alpha Flight. Yeah, I remember that happening. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, probably it was John Byrne wanted to do it. He was the he kind of everything he wanted at the time, didn't he? he? Did, didn't he? Yeah, he did. They gave him comics, uh, and he and he went, "Oh, great, got it," and then left after six issues or something. Yeah. What did you think of his Hulk? Um, it never really. Well, it never really got going. Or, you know, I think it really was just like six or seven issues. Yeah, and I he think it was very few panels, everything. wasn't it? There was. Uh... Yeah, he really ignored everything that had come before. I mean, fair enough. He set up the Hulk Busters. He made a lot more of the. The Hulkbuster base and all that, and right. and Banner, he separated the Hulk from Banner and all that. I think that was him that okay, did I that. I think Doc Sampson's in the first one, and I I kind of like the way he draws him. I think not so yeah. much the Hulk, but some of the other characters I think are really good. I think. Do you know what? It's funny you ask that. Now, now that I think about it, I think I was getting sort of tired of Burn at that point. Right. Because I was a big fan of X Men as a kid, and I liked. Uh, Alpha Flight. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, and he did a lot of Marvel team up, didn't he? Yeah, and I like that as well. The Red Sonja issue is amazing. Yeah, I think. Yeah, early eighties. He did the FF as well. That's a gorgeous Before... run, man. That's a that's. Um, yeah. I was chatting to someone about this the other night at the Drink and Draw, saying it's kind of the one. If if someone said to me which which Fantastic Four issues do I read, I'd say Kirby, and then I would say yeah. Burn. Yeah, and I think there's they they. they there's parallels to he uses a lot of Kirby stuff in that. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and, and I think amazing. by the time he got on the Hulk, I was thinking, I didn't, I don't know. Maybe I was too wedded to the like. I was missing Sal. You know, I was missing Sal Buscemi. Yeah. Even when the three one two was up. It feels a little bit looser as well. There's, I don't know. I'm even as a, you know, at the age I was when I was reading it, a youngster. I was thinking, he's not putting much effort into this. <laughs> Look, have a look at his Fantastic yeah. Four pages or his X-Men pages. There's a lot more on the page than there is here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I had that feeling of, and now here's my Hulk, because I'm the greatest and I do everything, so here's my Hulk now. And then it was like <laughs> seven months later, he was like, yeah, I don't want to do the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> and so he jumps off the Hulk. Yeah. Um, good. The um, the Alpha they, Flight stuff uh, that um, they went on to do was pretty good as well. I, I enjoyed it. It took a sort of horror turn. It was quite dark. I know Gareth Hopkins has yeah, covered it in his podcast. Yeah. Some of that, yeah. 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 Interesting. That's got one of the best, one of my favourite covers ever of um the new Guardian. There was a there was a somebody else became Guardian. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah, it's his wife, it was, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Heather, is it and Heather a, Hudson or something? Is that her name? Can't remember. Yeah. That sounds right. I can't remember. Heather might have well been it. But there's a cover where there's a figure and he's like turning into a tree or a bit of wood. And he's contorted. Right. And the new guardian is flying towards him, looking very concerned, shouting, Dad! <laughs> and it, as soon as I saw that cover, I laughed. And it's one of my favourite covers. I still love it. Brilliant. Yeah. Dad! You're a treat! Uh, I reread the first, I reread all of Burns' issues a couple of years ago when I did. Um, the Alpha Pod Flight, which Gareth used to do. Well, he needs to get back to it, Gareth, if you're listening. He did, and I read all the burn stuff, and it really stands up, man. I really enjoyed it. It's a little bit nuts, and it's a little bit wacky, and a bit all over the place. But there's some great stuff in there. Um, gorgeous yeah, stuff. Yeah, I liked it as well. Yeah, yeah. Good. Right. Well, it was about time we got to the Hulk with, with this, isn't it? With this issue, do you think? Have you been waiting to throw this one on me? Uh, just seemed like the time was right, you know? Yeah, yeah, I get you good for the whole that's a great issue people can find it i um i've got the back issue but it's it's um if you've got the marvel app it's on there um i, I recommend that marvel app i use it all the time but uh saves me moving about 20 boxes to find a box at the back somewhere um but yeah it's good stuff um moving on to you dave what uh you've been pretty fucking busy haven't you you're uh so tell us quickly mention that so tell us about the kickstarter quickly 
you got a quick how many okay, more days you got yep. about another 10 days to go or something have you or... uh, something like that yeah yep. uh yeah i think it's uh, a week on saturday okay that it, that it finishes maybe something like that yep. maybe it's lower i backed it and it's the tay bridge disaster it's a, it's a new series of newspaper strips that i've collected into this book and uh what can i say you know it's quite different it's not really like anything i've done before but that's what you want to do, is it? Yeah. Different things. It's a bit of a passion project, it's... isn't it? A bit of um, a bit of local it history is, yeah. for you, yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's kind of my my Dundee comic. That's good, man. Yeah, that's really nice to see, and it's nice to see that also you're you know as you were saying to me earlier, you you you're dipping out your bubble by getting perhaps people who are more interested in the history element than the comics element getting on board and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Some of the, some of the backers definitely. I'm I'm like, who are these people? You know. Yeah, that's always good. I get, I'm thinking they're local history enthusiasts yeah which is good i would, I would like to have um, people like that reading that's what we really need we can't we can't just our backers cannot just be people who make other comics and we back them in other words we're just going to eat ourselves aren't we it's going to just that's you know good. slow returns but the uh, diminishing returns but yeah definitely and um uh, that comic smell comic one and now i understand you're, you're working on issue two is that right yeah we've started discussing that and uh, starting to try and figure out what everybody wants to do. Right. <laughs> I, I've, uh, I, I've figured out. Well, I put to the guys, I'll, I'll write and draw a story. Right. Um, which I've done. Well, I've not finished. I've not drawn it, but I've written it. Yeah. And um, other than that, I said, and I'll draw anything any of you guys want to write, and I'll write someone for any of you guys that want me to write someone. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's as far as it's gone. Like a challenge um, almost to these guys. Kind of. I mean, I did I, I did the same deal with the last one. Right. So it's just them to um, whatever anybody wants to do. Uh, so it'll be good. I don't know what stage it's uh, going to come out at. It's early days. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. But, but but the the first one you know we've had some nice uh, yeah it's certainly it's on Comic House one. and I bought a copy pre-ordered a copy and received it and you sent me through a review copy and yeah it's good to see man it's it's what you got to do we all we talk a good game about comics don't we we've got to occasionally just put our money where our mouth is and make one yeah that's yeah. how I feel about it yeah yeah brilliant yeah good stuff good what else you got mm -hmm. on the bubble at the moment mate uh well I've been writing a couple of things for the your awesome comics uh drunk comic or uh, oh, what's it called sarah and driving no drawing drawing under the influence oh dui isn't it sarah. i can see the picture myself now in my head yeah yeah, yeah. sarah harris editing that cool nice one so I've, I've written a couple of things for that oh nice oh good stuff uh, uh i don't sarah was saying they'll maybe be it's going really good she's had a lot of um, yeah, she was talking to me about possibly a second volume or something, I think. Yeah, exactly. So she was saying she might split up the stories, that I, the both of them I've done. So Oh, good news. So I'm in one We'll be in the same comic. Stuff. I'm doing something for that as well. That sounds fun. Brilliant. Yeah, good one. Um, and you must have something else on the go, mate. Knowing what you're like, you've got to have another comic on the bubble, have you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'll have a collection, I think, later in the year. Okay. Pretty sure that'll happen. And um, I've got I've got another long boiling thing in the way in the background. I, I might have mentioned it. I wrote it over Christmas. I think you might have done. Yeah, it's a, it's a longer story. Right. I think it's about maybe seventy-eight pages or something. Okay. What sort of area? What sort of genre? It's uh, what is it? Hmm. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> Hmm. Erotic. Let's. Just, I'm going to say erotic. No. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not good at summing things up. That's all right. You don't uh, have to. It's not ready yet. Yeah. I don't. I don't have any. Uh, um, I don't have any magical elements in it. Or okay. There's no. There's no super. You know. There's nothing. It, like that in it. Is it a it's comic about really, Mike? Well, that would be a superhuman element, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he was in it. Yeah. So that you know, that'll probably be years away before that's finished. I'm just gonna work on that in the background Get while you. I'm doing all these other things. You know? oh, nice so work, it's man. all good. It's all great. Love it. 
let's go comics all day long every day good stuff man if only eh? work gets in the way sometimes but yeah i feel you the um and also yeah. that comic smell um cooking on gas as usual i just listened to the environmental episode we talked about environmental comics what else have you got coming out that you can say one of these days i'm going to think about the fact you're going to ask me that question <laughs> before i sit down and talk with you uh how good was the derf back derf interview that tom did man it's great wasn't it? yeah it was good. it was good yeah. um derf's a, a derf's a character yeah. as you know i was grinning Listening to that man is great. Knowing that what a big fan he is, and you all are of, of Durfs, that was, that was a quite a feather, wasn't it? Love him, yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, do you know I'm I'm a, I'm a wee slightly annoyed that I'm, I can't remember a bloody thing. That's fine, smell man. That's fine. <laughs> But you know, it's so there it's, you go. it's bi-weekly. Well, whatever it was, it was fascinating. I'm sure it will be. It's every other week, isn't it? It comes out. Is it? Uh, is it Mondays? I always forget. Is it Mondays? It comes out. It tends to be a Friday, Friday. doesn't it? Okay. Okay. I think so. Yeah. I'm a little bit um I, I just I just kind of turn up and talk <laughs> and then and then Tom does all the uh all the rest the of it. Bits, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it, it, that's the way that's what I do with you as well. That's all right, man, that's all we want. Yeah. As you know, Tony, yeah. yeah. I've been actually I've been on a few podcasts lately. Have you what else you been um, on? I was on um oh, was it a Star Wars an one? Yeah, there's an American one that I really like, Marvel Star Wars Explorers, where they just sit and talk about every issue of of the, the ones from the 70s and 80s. Oh, nice. And it's funny because those guys are um, maybe in their 30s, early 30s, I'm guessing. Yeah. But they're very much talking about these comics like, hey, look at these old comics. Remember, they used to make comics that look like this. This is incredible, <laughs> you know. And, and I grew Come up with them. Who? You know, so. It'll be like that, won't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's been loads of conversations like that, uh, and you know, um, information they're talking about that's kind of almost right, but right. missing the mark. <laughs> but they're, they're really enthusiastic, and uh, so I've been a fan of that. And and finally, the so I would be sending in fan letters to them, you know, talking about yeah. whatever they were talking about. And and then I got an email saying, "Hey, do you want to come on?" You know. Oh, nice. Was, yeah, man. Yeah. So with the time difference, of course, I had to sit and uh, they agreed to do it at midday on a Sunday, which was eight o'clock at night here. Right. Okay. Uh, I just I loved it. I had a good uh, yeah had good fun with that. And then it was um you know Stuart Stuart Mulroney oh, yeah. and his white comics. Yeah, yeah. We recorded that last week. Oh, white good. Comics. Oh, nice one. And I've added a load of pish on that, so <laughs> hopefully it cuts out the most embarrassing stuff. And uh, you'll be able to listen to that sometime. Yeah, I look forward to that, I mean. That's, that, that's a nice format he's got. There, yeah, it's a good idea, isn't it? Yeah. So open, isn't it? Why comics? Yeah. You sit and go, oh. Yeah, he gets you and to do the work. That's what he did with me. No, I'm only joking. I love to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's a good, it's a good little series, that is. Yeah, he's got a few yeah. little sort of strands that he goes down. He does one on, you know, why comics. He does one about talking about a movie, comparing it to another one, I think. Mm-hmm. And then he does one which Dude, is right. the nerds yeah. who haunt themselves, which is him and Andy, the artist, and Andy Hanks, and they talk about stuff. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, yeah, really enjoy them. Good stuff. I like Andy. Andy's drawing one of my stories. Oh, is he? Going in yeah. Oh, he's good, man. He, I did, so I, I did a comic with him. Like yeah, he is unbelievably good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And very self-effacing. He's not full of his own piss importance, which is always an added bonus to me. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff, man. Good. So where can we find you and where can we find your comics, mate? Well, you can find me at fredeggcomics.com uh, and you can listen to me on That Comic Smell podcast. And uh, I-, I love you all. <laughs> Thanks, man. And I'll speak to you soon. Mm-hmm.